we need, and uh, it is the Sabbath, and that's good, but there's not much good happening right now in the world, and the world around us, and where we are. There are a couple of expressions that we've had around for a long time that have been used by people who foresee, to some degree, that the world is in trouble. One of those expressions is T-E-O-T-W-A-W-K-I, the end of the world as we know it. Another expression they use frequently and has become an American icon is when the stuff hits the fan. It now is the end of the world as we knew it. The stuff has hit the fan. And it is going to continue to, and it is going to get much, much worse. Do we grasp that? And do our lives reflect that? Are we getting it? There's still a lot of people in this nation who are saying that "Eh, it's no worse than the flu. It's just the flu. They're either totally unaware and ignorant, absolutely stupid, or fools because they're not paying attention. It's as serious as it gets, because it has started, and it is going to get worse and worse and worse. We must adjust our thinking and our actions. It is the end of the world as we knew it in America. It will never come back. You will never have what you have had in the last hundred years. Again, it's over. It's done. It's finished, brethren. Do we understand that? All the major sports have shut down. The NBA, Major League Baseball, Football has curtailed their draft. It's being held in Las Vegas. There won't be able to be thousands of people there, as there always are, when the National Football League draft occurs. It's over. It's done. Schools all over the country, by the states now, are shutting down. Oregon has all of its K-12 through schools shut down. So do several other states, and there will be more to follow them. No school, no school buses. Children will not go to school. Done. Churches are shutting down. The LDS church, the Mormons right here around us, 
They're one of the biggest churches on earth. They have closed down all meetings worldwide. If you go to Canab or St. George, maybe you shouldn't. Tomorrow, all the Mormon churches will be totally empty, not one car in the parking lot. Because the Mormon church has shut down. Italy, a whole country, is entirely shut down. The only thing open in Italy now are pharmacies and grocery stores. No other stores, no bars, no gas stations, nothing. The whole country. Could that happen here? where everything is shut down, we are on the verge of that. There was a speech by the president yesterday. All Europe cannot fly here. They can't come to America anymore. Today he added Great Britain and Ireland to that list. They just can't come here anymore. And you don't want to go there. He announced today also, along with Britain and Ireland being added to the list, that they are considering shutting the borders of several states. Just shut it down where nobody can cross that state line. Period. Does somebody think something serious or a little bit more than the flu? We're talking about our whole American way of life here. Disneyland is shut down. Totally quiet. Nobody goes there. Virtually all travel from this nation has been shut down. They've shut down all tour ships, the government has. They cannot take tourists out on ships anymore. If the military people get off on leave, they cannot fly home. Their families cannot fly to see them. It's all shut down. Oil is dropping in price so rapidly that they don't know what to do. Trump said, we're going to fill up all our... Thanks. Maybe you better listen to him. Fill yours up. Because you might not get propane much longer. And you might not have electricity much longer. It is the end of the world as we knew it. Shipping has almost stopped. The financial world is coming apart at the seams. Deutsche Bank's stock has dropped down to 560 a share. And the projections are if it drops another two points, they are done. Biggest bank, as far as I know, in Europe. Deutsche Bank of Germany. The stock market in this country is gyrating as wildly as it ever has. Up 2,000 points. 
or more yesterday. It was down 2,000 a couple of days ago. It's just going wild. And the government's just committed to put a trillion and a half dollars into the bankers' pockets in order to keep the stock market up. That will create inflation. China is banning currency, money, because it's full of germs. We've always known money had germs on it. Now it's got coronavirus on it. They're already laundering it, and they're going to shut it down, it appears, and go digital. So they can control everything you have, everything you own in China. And they're thinking of doing it here. There have been movements to get rid of the $100 bill now for some time. They want to get rid of cash so that you can't have cash. Your bank account will be frozen when this thing collapses and you can't get money out of the bank. And if you have cash at home, once they go digital, you can't use it either. Don't you read somewhere in Revelation that when they take over the global, the globalists, and they are working at it very hard now, unless you have a chip in your hand or your forehead, you cannot buy and sell. Your cash won't do you any good. Your gold and silver won't do you any good. It'll be over. I'm not taking their digital chip, which means I can't buy or sell anything. Maybe barter with some of them you know, something they have that you want. That's where you'll be. It's done. There are other issues. Like gun confiscation. You think they're going to slow down on that one? No, they want our guns so we can be destroyed. So they can kill us all. Can't do it with plagues and manufactured diseases. They're working on various ways to get rid of you and me. The Georgia Guidestones say the world's population has to be decimated. 90% dead. So have movie stars said that. So have politicians said that. American ones. Not just the Rothschilds. We've got to adjust our thinking, brethren. We've got to get real. The world has changed very quickly. In St. George, three weeks ago, you could buy all the toilet paper you wanted. You could buy anything you wanted. It was all there. And I did, three or four weeks ago. Now, if they have any, you get one package. And that runs out very quickly. Now, there started to be a run on toilet paper a week or ten days ago. Now somebody took pictures of Walmart shelves yesterday, last night, and the canned goods section is virtually empty. Overnight. 
because Utah has announced that all schools will be closed. Colleges will be closed. And finally, people are beginning to take note. And they're not just getting toilet paper, now they're buying all the food they can get. Because they're getting scared, finally. I saw a note the other day that I thought was kind of interesting. First, they go out and grab wallpaper, uh, toilet paper and water. And then at some point, they begin to realize that they're going to starve to death surrounded by toilet paper. You know, you don't need a whole lot of toilet paper if you don't eat anything. There's nothing to wipe off. You're starving to death. They're finally facing it. <clears throat> Even St. George, which doesn't have one case yet, but I'm, I haven't heard of one. But you know what? There are people walking around in St. George today who have the coronavirus. It hasn't evidenced itself yet. And they're infecting other people in the stores. It's funny. You look at pictures from New York. The streets are empty. On Broadway, people are not going places. They're not going to. Mo they're not going to restaurants. They're not dining out. They're wearing masks. A lot of them. And you know what else is funny in comparison to that? They're standing in lines, block long, blocks long, to get some food out of Trader Joe's or wherever else, and there's not much left. So here they are, afraid of the coronavirus, and they're standing in line, nose to nose, or back to nose with each other, breathing on each other, trying to get some food. It's happening all over America now, and in St. George as of last night. This is real. I just read an article this morning that the United States government now is controlling the distribution of all food. It isn't the four major grocery companies now or megacorps that are doing it, but the U.S. government has taken over the distribution of food. They can do that legally via executive order from Obama. Obama. I had the number in mind, 36063 or whatever it is. that in a state of national emergency, the government can conscript all food and determine where it goes. So the government can either feed you or not feed you. It's up to them. They're controlling it all now. They do not have your best interests in mind. They have sh shaken hands, as Jeremiah tells us, with the enemy and have sold us out. If you heard Trump's speech, which I heard last night, he says that the U.S. government will cover the wages of those who are put out of work by the coronavirus. That could be tens of millions of people. That amounts to trillions of dollars of aid. But you know what the scariest part of that is? 
it will cause people to turn even more to the government for assistance and for dependence so that they are totally controlled by the government, whether they get a check and whether they eat. This isn't prophecy I'm talking about today. It isn't prophecy anymore. It's reality. It's air. Right now, today, we have American planes attacking Iranian-backed rebels in Iraq. And we have a rebel-backed by Iran sending missiles into a base of U.S. airmen. And they killed one yesterday and they wounded a couple this morning. And we are retaliating. Daniel 8, I think, is in play. We are building toward a major war with Iran. And at the same time, one of the biggest problems with the oil in the worldwide market is that Russia asked the Arabs to cut back on their production. And the Arabs didn't like that because they didn't want their production cut. So they said, instead, we're going to increase our production. The king of the north, Russia, is at war with the king of the south, the Arabs. Did you ever read Daniel 11? Did the Arabs push at Russia? Did Russia push at the Arabs? It goes back and forth there in Daniel 11 between the king of the north and the king of the south getting into it several times. I don't know whether this is the first episode of that or not. But it certainly sounds like what is shaping up. There are a lot of people that are dependent on oil. What's going to happen? Let's go to Amos 8. We've been here several times, but I think we need to understand that what I've been telling you is right on schedule. It's not early. It's not late. It's right on schedule. According to that chart I gave you several years ago. Didn't understand everything then. Two or three more things have fallen into place since that fit it. But it all fits together. Now here in Amos, Israel was not wanting to hear what Amos had to say that God had said to tell them. So at the end of chapter 7, therefore thus says the Lord to the king of Israel, your wife shall be a harlot in the city, and your sons and your daughters shall fall by the sword, and your land shall be divided by line, split up, and you shall die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. There are a lot of prophecies that indicate this nation is soon going into captivity. 
Thus says the eternal God, thus has the eternal God showed to me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? He said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. He had looked at our sins. He had backed off. He had watched our sins. He had shown mercy. He had looked at our sins and been patient. He had looked at our sins and hopefully repented. But here he says, I will not pass by them anymore. In other words, judgment has come. I won't back off in mercy anymore. I won't give them more space for repentance anymore. The judgment has been made. Now, the implementation of that began in 2017. And suddenly, in the third year since then, it is escalating dramatically. I won't pass by anymore. The songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, says the eternal God. They shall, there shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. People are going to be dropping dead in the streets, in the buildings, wherever they are. And it will be so grim and morbid that they won't have a thing to say. Silently dragging the bodies off to be put in mass graves. Hear this, O you that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail. Walmart, Target, Macy's, Name it. Trying to make us all poor. Trying to take everything we've got. Making man and woman work to make a living. And taking all of it as much as they can. That we may buy the poor. Control them. Verse 7. The eternal is sworn by the excellency of Jacob. Surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall not the land tremble for this, and every one mourn that dwells therein? And it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Mitzrayim. Death and destruction everywhere you look. Arise suddenly. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the eternal God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. It happened in the summer of 2017, when an eclipse went all the way across the land from the northwest to the southeast at noon in a clear day. And I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. They're not going to church now. They're not going to school now. They're not having parties watching the NBA now at the bars. What's going to happen come Easter? A lot of churches will be empty. You're not going to go out and look for eggs if you're afraid of getting the coronavirus. It's happening right before our eyes, brethren, right now. 
we must get it and change our lives accordingly. The NBA changed their lives. Major League Baseball changed their lives. The Mormons changed their lives. We, of all people, should know all this. Are we changing our lives accordingly? Christmas going to be happy next year? Or are their feasts turning to mourning? I'll bring sackcloth on all loins and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as the morning of an only son, and the end thereof as a bitter day. Like your only son dying, and nothing but bitterness all around. Now I explain to you, and I'm not going back through it all right now, But the 430 years of Ezekiel ended in 2017. The 70 years of Jeremiah's prophecy from the time A.C. started and we started building houses and church houses ended in the fall of 2017. The prophecy of Ephraim in Isaiah 7 being destroyed within about 65 years is happening before our very eyes about 65 years after the Bilderbergers' first meeting in 1954. It's occurring as we sit here. There's no prophecy anymore. It's not Daryl's theory anymore. It's scriptures that have been read to you that are happening as we speak. Now in Ezekiel... Four, where he pronounced that 430 days or years, he said it was years, he said after that we would be destroyed. And Ezekiel 5 says one third will die of famine and pestilence, named first. One third then by the sword, and then one third taken into slavery and captivity. He didn't say it was going to happen right then at the end of the 4.30. As we've gone through in chapter 7, he says over and over, it has come, it is near, it has come. It's not like the echoing again of the mountains, but it's coming. And I didn't grasp it then. I knew that it was a short while. But I had wondered about several scriptures about restoring his work in the third day or the third year about these happening, these things happening in the third year. And now we are in the third year since the summer of 2017, and these things are now started. They will crescendo. They will get worse. Did you ever notice Matthew 24 says that one of the harbingers of Christ's return would be Pestilence is, plural, not one pestilence, plural. He tells us in Revelation 18, verses 1 and 2, to depart from Babylon and not be a part of her sins and her plagues, plural. The coronavirus is the first. There will be more. 
Not just one plague. There'll be more. Until one-third of us are dead. Of disease and lack of food. There are people today, on their day off on Saturday, all across this land, who are going to the stores and buying all the food they can get in preparation. And the stores are going empty and they can't get enough. I've been trying to tell you for the last several weeks to go to the ant, you sluggard. He stocks up for at least a half a year, six months. But this is real. I wonder if we're getting it. Do you have enough to last you two weeks, six weeks, three months? I don't know. What do you use every day? How many of them do you have? Do you have to go to town every week to get it? We're not going to town much anymore. It's done. There are people walking around in St. George today who have the virus. And you don't have any clue who they are as you walk up to the counter, as you stand in line, as you converse and pass people back and forth. You don't know who has it. And maybe you think, well, it's not broken out here yet, I'll risk it. Do you grasp that you're not just risking you? You are risking us all. If you go into areas where it could be, you're risking us all. Now, I stand on Psalm 91. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. If we dwell in the habitation of the Most High, we will be protected. But he also said, don't tempt the Lord your God. And he tells us all through Scripture to do what we can to protect and to help. So we got to do our part. If we don't do our part, does God have to do his part? No. If you don't do your part, then God is not obligated to you. Do we get it? We have to do our part. This contagion is all over the country. It's all over the world. It is going to get worse and not better. Montana didn't have any cases until this morning. Today it was announced they have four. And there are four completely different areas. It's not a cluster. Totally different areas in Montana. One of them, it appears, the government sent there, coming off a cruise ship or something. Is our own government trying to spread this? They want us destroyed. So do the Chinese, so do the Russians, so do the Iranians. The Iranians have said, clearly, this is a bioweapon, and America released it on China and Iran. Now, if you read the MSM, they'll tell you, oh, America wouldn't do that. You need to listen to something besides in CNN and ABC and CBS and NBC. The mainstream media is lying to you. 
It is utterly worthless to watch the news programs of the mainstream media. The government is putting out propaganda to pacify as a palliative to keep people from getting upset. And they were saying, this is nothing, this is like the flu. And now all of a sudden, they're shutting everything down. You know what they want? They want martial law so that they can shut down the state borders and you can't fly, you can't drive across a state line. Some of you got kids that are supposed to come see you. I don't know when they'll do this. You know what? Those four cases in Montana, which are scattered all across the state, there are people who hadn't shown any symptoms who obviously gave it to them. And they may have been a week or two or three or four without symptoms and passing it around to others. From those four, you're going to see it escalate very rapidly in Montana, just like it has in Washington and New York and California. And others are falling in step. Let's look at a couple of scriptures right quick. First is Zephaniah. It's real handy here. We're in the neighborhood. Zephaniah 2. Chapter 1 is all about the financial crash. God has said that here at the end we're going to have a financial crash. Verse 14, the great day of the Lord is near, it is near, and haste greatly. So this is an end-time prophecy of an end-time crash. And it is in process today. If you're watching the markets and you're watching the banks and you're watching shipping and you're watching manufacturing. The manufacture of Chinese goods is stopping. The manufacturing of American goods, of which there's very little already, is also starting to shut down because of fear, because of the borders that are being shut and are going to shut even more. I have a German car. I doubt I'll be able to get German parts. You got a Japanese car? You ain't going to get parts. You got an American car? You're not going to get parts. They're made in China and Taiwan and Japan. I've been going out the last month and buying oil filters and air filters and having everything I need to change my oil if I need a car anymore. Are you getting ready? Are you preparing? You know, people that have been listening to the alternative media, the broadcasts about prepping and preparing for trouble and danger to come, are people who are watching and know what's going on. And you know what? The people who listen to them are already prepared. They already have food, water, and water filters. They already have food. They already have medicines. They already have what they need, ammo, guns, gold, silver, cash. They've been preparing for... Months and years now. 
They're not panicking. They may be topping off a few things. Some of them have already completely isolated themselves and don't even go to the store now because they prepared ahead of time and they don't have to risk getting the virus by getting whatever else it is they got last week that they need to get in this week that they didn't buy a three-month supply of. Why? They knew. They've been listening to people who knew. They're prepared. They're ready. They're not panicking. People have been listening to the mainstream media. That's all they get for news. They're not prepared. Today, they're in Costco and Walmart and Smith's and Albertson's trying to find food and toilet paper. I've been warning you about this for years. Been listening? Or is it just... Where did I get my information? I didn't get it from insiders in the government. I got it out of this book. It's this book I've been reading to you. If you're not listening to me, you're not listening to God. Because these are His words. And I'm mine. If you ignore God's prophets, you're ignoring God. God's prophets told us everything that's going on. Right here in Zephaniah, how many times have I read it to you in the last 24 years? There's coming a market crash. Money will be worthless. They'll throw their gold and silver in the streets. How many times have I read Zephaniah 1 to you? Countless. How many times have I read 2? Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather together, O nation undesirable. We haven't been desirable to God. He turned his back on us. But he says, right after he said there's coming a crash, he says, gather yourselves together. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff before the fierce anger of the eternal come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. He tells his people to gather before the big crash comes. How much time you got left? It's getting as rickety as it can get. At what point do you not get on the Ferris wheel that wobbles as it goes and shrieks and howls and say, I don't want to fall off that thing? How bad does it have to get? Seek you the eternal, all you meek of the earth, which have worked his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. He doesn't guarantee it here, does he? He says, be meek, be humble, gather yourselves before this all completely hits, and maybe you'll be protected. Maybe you'll come under the habitation of the Most High and have his protection if you do your part. How long do we have? Not very long. Now, he says he's going to gather his people from all four corners of the earth, right? What if that were to happen today? That God said, okay, it's time to gather. I'm going to stir my people to come. The biggest number in the church were from Canada and America, and most of them could get to Zion. 
today. Next week, a week after, maybe not. Borders of the states may be closed. I don't know that. They're talking about it. The president was talking about this morning closing some states down. This isn't scare tactics. This is just what's going on. The president of the United States said that today. Now, the third biggest area that people in, were in the church in the end time calling was Great Britain. This very day, our president announced the people from Great Britain and Ireland cannot come here. They can't do it. They will not be allowed on a plane. How are they going to gather? I don't know. I don't think it's quite time for them to come yet. But this summer may very well be it. And this disease is getting worse and worse day by day. It is beginning to increase exponentially, as I told you, about the penny doubled or a million bucks. It's headed there. Today. Let's go to Isaiah 52 here for a moment. Well, let's, no, no, I want to get two or three more here. I, well, we'll, we'll find time. Uh, Isaiah 47. See what he tells us. Come sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. You're going to have widowhood and so on. It's going to come on you suddenly, verse 11. You won't even know where it came from. The merchants of the earth are going to wander about in verse 15. God says he's going to do these things. Somewhere here, maybe it's chapter 48. Yeah. Continues here about Israel in the midst of Babylon. Go you forth of Babylon, verse 20. Flee you from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare you. Tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say, the Eternal has redeemed his servant Jacob. Come, gather, get out of Babylon. You know, the United States is the leader of Babylon today. Babylon is the whole world of Satan's rule. And America is the leader of it. Revelation 17 says that the great whore, which God calls Israel in Ezekiel 16, is riding the beast. The beast is the whole world. It's Satan's government. And the beast is going to encompass the whole world. It says right there that all will worship and follow the beast, except a very few who do not receive the mark. Now, the United States is pictured there as the woman riding the beast, who is in control. And that has been the case, has it not? We're the only remaining superpower, essentially. And the world has to bend to America's will up to this point. We bomb whoever we want to bomb. 
except maybe China and Russia, but they still come under our sanctions. We still have a certain control there to this day. And they don't like it. And it says that they will hate the woman, and they will destroy the woman and burn her with fire, and all kinds of things it says they'll do to her there in Revelation 17. And the whole world will mourn, it says in Revelation 18, because nobody, America, is buying their goods anymore, and they're going broke. It's interesting that it says they'll sit afar in their ships, not in port, They'll be anchored offshore. Why? They don't want to catch the disease that's going on. Whether it's this plague or the next one. Plagues up, it says. And it says it's going to come suddenly. Very suddenly. Well, look around. It's coming very suddenly, isn't it? From day to day now, it changes. It gets worse. Every day, it multiplies now. The, the crash is imminent. Are we supposed to get out of Babylon? Why does he keep saying, you get out? He means for us, to remove ourselves from this world. Not go to Mars. Micah 4 says, come out in the wilderness and get away from the cities of Babylon. Do we begin to get it? Where are these plagues breaking out the most? In the cities. Where people are close together. God told us years ago, I started preaching this in 96, to do this. We are supposed to quarantine the world from ourselves. Look around. The world is beginning to quarantine itself. Italy is totally quarantined. Some parts of Europe are somewhat quarantined. There are places in the United States, around some cities, one in New York, Seattle's working on it, where there's a square mile or two square miles already totally quarantined. It started. And now today, our president says, we're thinking of shutting some states down. Can't come in, can't go out. You need to get across country? Ain't going to happen. He tells us to get away from Babylon and to quarantine ourselves from it. Babylon's got enough sense that they've started quarantining sports networks, uh, rock concerts, churches, schools. They're quarantining them, shutting them down. Even the world has enough sense to do that. What about the church of God? Let's go to Leviticus 13. 
you probably read this sometime, boredly. Well, I've got to go back a page. The Eternal spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh, like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priests. And the priest will look on him and see all this, and it goes on down to say that he is to quarantine that person, and that they're not to be around anybody else anywhere ever again while they die. He goes on and talks about this, how he'll be unclean, unclean. Verse 43, Then the priest shall look upon it, see it, and behold, if the rising uh, be white, reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appears in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man, he is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean, his plague is on his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, a mask, if you will. They didn't have a N95 mask then, but a cloth over his face. Same thing. Put a covering on his lip, and he shall cry, unclean, unclean. I walk around saying, quarantined, quarantined. I have something infectious. I could kill you. You know in Italy, if someone breaks quarantine, breaks curfew, and goes somewhere where he could possibly infect someone else, if he does indeed infect someone else, he will be tried for murder. Murder for spreading coronavirus. It's on the books in Italy right now. That's the policy. <laughs> try you for murder if you spread it. So where it was in Israel. Leprosy was very contagious. If you had it, you had to tell everybody you saw, stay away. Unclean, I'm unclean. I got this here to keep from breathing on you or coughing on you. Isn't this just about the same thing? It can kill you. Death rates are a lot worse than they're telling you. I'm sure they were a lot worse in China than they told us. <laughs> Italy has admitted a 6% kill rate. That's quite a few. It's getting worse here by the day. Chapter 14 of Leviticus. The Eternal spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleaned, uh, two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop and then it goes through the process of cleansing if they be healed. That was not a disease that normally was healed or could be healed. You just rotted 
until different parts of your body fell off and then you died. This, you rot from the inside and then you die. The coronavirus. Or maybe you get well. But they're going to give you a test to see if you're well. You're going to do that. There's a lot more of it in this country than they know. They haven't even tested hardly anybody. And you know what? Three counties in California yesterday declared no more quarantines. We're not going to quarantine you. We're not going to make you stay home. We're not going to test you. We're just going to let this thing go where it goes. Three counties, including Sacramento, which is the capital. Just going to let it happen. You think they care? You know who the governor of California is? A screaming leftist liberal who wants to see Trump dead. And they figure if they can get this disease spread enough, they can get rid of Trump. They're willing to do anything on earth to get rid of Trump. And I think they'll eventually kill him. But it's insane to just let this thing spread without even making reports or caring. Three counties in California, that is their policy today. Let it spread. Do you think that governor cares if his people come here on vacation to Zion and spread it to you? Nah, he didn't care. Let's go over to Isaiah 52. Here he's talking about us waking up in chapter 51, three times. It asks God to wake up and it asks us to wake up twice. The third admonition being the beginning of chapter 52. It tells us to quit work, being walked on by the word by the world and shake ourselves out of the dust, captive daughter of Zion. All right, let's pose a question here. Europeans can't come here anymore. Most Asians can't come here anymore. How's the church going to gather? When is the church going to gather? How are they going to get here? I've been telling you for a long time, but God says he will bring his blessings in the first month. We've gone to Joel too many times. There are other scriptures that indicate the first month. I said I've been watching January's because it's the world's first month and many things have happened in the church. And it's growth and destruction in January. Herbert Armstrong died and that was the last thing standing in the way of the destruction of the church. Now, the destruction of the nation, I do believe, began in January of this year through this coronavirus. And it's getting worse and worse. So the first month of the year, the plague has begun on America. Now, the first month of God's year coming up very shortly now, 
just barely over three weeks till Passover. And 14 days ahead of that is the first day of the month, March 25th, which is, what, a week and a half away. A time when we're supposed to begin examining ourselves up until the Passover. It says down here, chapter 8, or verse 8 of chapter 52, Isaiah, Your watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the eternal shall turn things around in Zion, the church. He said there's only one message going out now, saying your God reigns up in verse 7. But the two will see eye to eye when God does his miracles and turns things around. Is it going to be in the first month when the first and latter, former and latter rains occur? Is it this year since the demise of America has begun in earnest? It may very well be. It appears that that is the case. We'll find out real shortly, won't we? If this is the time for that. But he says, when those blessings return, he's referring to Zechariah 3, where it says, he will set before Joshua a stone, which is Christ, and the eyes of all seven churches will turn to Christ, because it says signs and wonders will be done. And that will cause people to take notice. People keep saying and have over the years, well, is the time now? Is the time now? I say, no. Not that you see the signs and wonders and God beginning to bless the church again. That's when even the two leaders are going to see eye to eye. Zechariah 6 says the same thing. Won't be till then. So when those occur, and if they're this spring then things will turn around. And right after that, verse 11, says, Depart you, depart you, go you out from there, touch no unclean thing. You know what? I've been to St. George several times lately doing some prepping, and every time I look at a doorknob, I think there's an unclean thing. I try to use my elbow or the back of my hand or something, don't touch it anymore. Go you out of the midst of her. Be clean that bear the vessels of the eternal. For you shall not go out with haste, nor by flight. For the eternal will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. So, he says, when you see the turnaround, you see the signs and wonders and miracles, that is the sign to get out of Babylon and go to Zion. That's your sign. And you're going to have time to get there. Now, there are several flights mentioned in Scripture. First, he tells us in Micah 4 to leave the city and go dwell in the wilderness, which some of us did. And some gave up. And some don't trust. And whatever. Or they think I'm the biggest sinner on earth. Maybe close, but not maybe not the worst. I don't know. Bad enough. 
But for whatever reason, they've lost trust and belief or gone back into the world because they couldn't see all this. Well, it's happening. Now, we had time to get here without any problem to establish a place. Now it says, when you see the actual turnaround, God will stir those who see it that he wants here in Haggai to come and build a temple and to build Jerusalem. He will stir them. They will be stirred by what he does with signs and wonders. Then they have time to get here. Jeremiah 50 says they'll flee ahead of the northern army saying, how do I get to Zion? So, there's a period of time in there where they can come somehow, some way. Now, if this is the year for that to happen, even if they're cracking down now, they must be going to get things under control. Maybe the financial crash won't come quite this spring. Maybe Passover will come. They'll see signs and wonders They'll have time to come, and then it all comes down this fall completely. Either that, or if this thing continues and we keep shutting states and borders and countries and continents down, that they can't come here, then God will have to transport them some way. Maybe he'll pick them up by the neck and throw them over here. I don't know. Just how he'll do it. So either it's got to be miraculously like that, which I don't think is the case. When you're fleeing ahead of the Assyrian army, that means it's right behind you. And you say, how do I get to Zion? Now, if God had lifted you up and transported you here, you wouldn't be saying, how do I get to Zion? And you wouldn't be worried about the northern army behind you. Right? And he says he'll be the guard behind you as you do come. Isaiah 52, verse 12. So, obviously, there's certain danger. It's a very upset time. Things have changed. Time of great danger. But I will protect you and you will get there. Then, after the miracles come, people start coming, We have the Passover in chapter 53, all about Christ. Just sort of in a break in the context. And then in 54, it says the children will come. They'll come. They'll come. Make your tents bigger. Get ready. They're coming. So it seems to be after Passover that the bulk of this occurs. In whatever year it comes. The signs are pointing more this year than I've ever seen before, by far, that this might be the year because things are going into deep trouble. I won't turn there for sake of time, but Matthew 8.3 talks about Christ cleansing a leopard. Not leopard, a leper. Healing him. <clears throat> Luke 5.12-13 shows Christ healing the leper. Now He's going to take care of his people. He will do signs and wonders. He will heal them. He will take care of them. He is going to keep these plagues off of us 
but we must do our part. I didn't read Numbers 5, 1 through 4, or Deuteronomy 24, verse 8. He's been talking about quarantine and leprosy, and he says, take heed and do this. Do it. Don't just listen. Do it. Now, those plagues have started coming on America. And here we are, the church, spiritual Israel, and we're supposed to take heed and do something about it. We're supposed to depart from the world, get away from the world, don't touch their unclean things, and infect each other. Okay? We're supposed to do something about it. Take heed. It's hard to know when to go down here and shut and lock the gate. And maybe stand there with a gun and say, if you leave, you can leave. We'll unlock the gate. We'll let you out. If you come back, the gate will be locked. And if you try to ram it, your car will be shot. Because this place is quarantined. Now, that would be very difficult to do at the moment, wouldn't it? Because we have people here who disagree with us and disagree and hate me. And they would call the cops. And the gate would be open. So you can't do it quite yet, can you? People can come and go. People are working. They have jobs. They have to pay their bills. Can they just quit their job and come home and and isolate themselves in place? I I can't today sit here and say, this is the week you ought to do that, because I don't know for sure when it is. Now, it may be that if they start shutting down state borders and they start telling us we're quarantined, like Italy, then it'll be obvious. You can't go to work. You have to stay home. So I don't know just how it'll come. And once it's quarantined, and once the sheriffs are home and can't go anywhere, and they're taking care of their family anyway, and don't want to be exposed, nobody can call the sheriff. All bets are off. You can do anything you feel you have to do to quarantine and to keep lepers from passing coronavirus to each other. I don't know how it'll all work out. Maybe the government does it for us, and we have to do it. You know, this is the same problem the government has. They could have shut everything down, including all sports and all concerts and everything, with this first hit in China. But there would have been an uproar in America so great that it would have shouted them down and they couldn't have done it. But now that they're seeing cases everywhere, and the government says, well, we're going to shut this, we're going to shut that, now we'll shut the sports, now we'll shut the churches, we're accepting it. And we're well on our way to accepting total martial law and being totally shut down and going to FEMA camps. We're getting there very, very rapidly. So, the government could do some things, now they can do other things. And it's getting where they can do more things. 
as in today, saying we may shut some state borders. I was asked to come to memorial service for the guy that drilled our wells. He died last Saturday, this week, down in L.A. I'm not going to L.A. I'm quarantined from L.A. Coronavirus is increasing rapidly in California. I'm not going to California. Let the dead bury their dead. Come follow me. Get away from Babylon. Now, what about you and me? When do you quit your job? I already covered that, I guess. Maybe time and circumstances and the government will tell you. But we better take this serious. And all of us who can had better do everything we can to be prepared and to begin to isolate ourselves. It's scary. Here's Andrew. He goes to work every day, rubs shoulders with people, the best friends. What if he brings coronavirus home to his daughter? What if she dies? It could happen real easily. Real easily. Because it's going to spread all over Utah. Like it is everywhere else. When do you pull the plug? I don't know. Right now it's an individual thing. Some of us are working. We have to work in order to keep our jobs and pay our way. Hopefully you got enough food laid up so when you can't go to work, you can still eat. I hope you're prepared. Better get enough food to eat. A two-week supply is not enough. A one-month supply is not enough. This thing, they say, could happen a year or two. Maybe God's going to take care of his people and we won't need that much preparation. But you know what he says in Isaiah 15? He says, that which the Ammonites and Moabites, the Mormons, have laid up will be here for his people. So there's relief ahead for us. Come and eat and drink without money in Isaiah 55. Well, God's going to take care of us. But in the meantime, if you can't go to work, you can't go to the grocery store, and they shut the cities down, you can't go. You better have something to eat, or you'll be over begging at your neighbor's. We need to take it seriously. That coronavirus is spreading across this nation very rapidly. Things are being shut down day by day. How bad will it get? I don't know. So each of us needs to assess his situation and do everything he can not to touch the unclean thing. Some of us may, for the time being, have to go to work. Some of us don't go to work. We go to town because we like to eat out. We go to town because we like to just get a week's things at a time. 
we go to town because we like to go to town. No. This is serious. Quit touching the unclean thing. Don't worry about the doorknob. If you're not in town, you don't have to worry about it. And realize this. If you don't get anything else out of this, you are not just putting yourself at risk. You are putting all of us at risk if you do things that could cause you to get it when you don't have to. You could have foresight, think of your brethren, and love them, and do everything within your power to stay away from what is happening. You can't go to the store and talk to people. You can't go to the store and talk to the clerk. If you can go to the store for the next week or two, you'd better get whatever you can get and whatever you need for the next several months and don't go anymore because you don't have to. You want to. And it's your habit. And that's the way you've lived. But this is the end of the world as we know it. Get the picture. The shit has hit the fan. I was a little nicer at the beginning. Take heed and do it. Deuteronomy 24, 8 says. Do whatever you can to isolate yourself from this world. As an individual. I've been prepping for several weeks now with car parts, whatever food, another package of toilet paper, whatever. So that I don't have to go to town anymore. I'm just about done. I have something I ordered that I may have to pick up. But if I go to town, I will go to that one spot, to that one person. I will pick it up. I will get in the car and I will come home and I won't stop for lunch. I'm done. I was hoping they'd have what I ordered ready this past week. But he said, no, I've got to go to southern Arizona, to Phoenix, this weekend. And uh, I grew up down there, so I want to go see a Chicago Cubs spring training game. Take my son there. So I won't have your order ready until maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming week. Now, since I talked to him on Thursday, this last Thursday, he is today in Phoenix. He is not at a Chicago Cubs spring training game because they've all been canceled. He can't go. What he was expecting as a big weekend for his family and his son has been canceled. It isn't there anymore. He might as well come on back up and complete my order if he doesn't get coronavirus in Phoenix. It all has an escalating effect. God's serious about this. He said, I'm not going to pass by Israel anymore. Judgment has come. 
It came in the fall of 2017 when that eclipse went across this country and he says, no more. And he said when that 430 and that 70 and that 65 were up, this thing would happen. And now the third year, as other scriptures say, since that occurred, he's turned it loose. And here we are. Don't run from it. Don't think, well, when this comes, brethren, it is here. Change whatever you need to change. You want to go to the bank and get money? That dollar bill was in New York day before yesterday, in California yesterday, and in your bank in St. George tomorrow. And it could have coronavirus all over it. These are frightening times. You better look at your life and see what you can change. You might have to go to digital banking if you don't. You may have to change things because it's getting very, very dangerous to handle a dollar bill anymore. It's getting very dangerous to do a lot of things anymore. This is serious as rain. The plagues are falling out of the sky now. And we're still fighting in Iran. And the Russians and the, and the Arabs are squared off to fight. And earthquakes are getting worse. And it has arrived. It is now dangerous for you to leave your house, get in your car, and go to St. George, Utah. It is dangerous. Now, how can you change your life to get in line with reality instead of your habits, your customs, your thinking that things are just going on? They're not going on anymore. They're ending. They're stopping. It's over. This is it. 